We like hard work. We do. We really do. Yeah. <laughs> it helps you feel like you are doing what you were made to do. It's almost a euphoric feeling. It is. It really is. Some people call it getting into the zone. Go deeper. Find your center. Live life to the fullest. This is the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator. Welcome to the Deeper Connections podcast from The Daily Motivator, sponsored by Connections University, where you'll find the Experience Excellence audio program, a resource for encouragement, inspiration, and mastery of life's everyday challenges. Visit DeeperConnectionsPodcast.com and download Experience Excellence today. There's a lot going on in the world right now. There's always a lot going on, a lot of things to keep up with, things to do, things to understand, and it doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. In fact, it's accelerating. So how do you keep up with it all? How do you get it all taken care of? Well, it's tempting to try to do a whole lot of things at once. But in actuality, the way to be effective at dealing with it all is really to discipline yourself not to deal with it all at once. And what I'm talking about is focus, the ability to focus, to block out all the other stuff and give your attention to one thing at a time for long periods of time. And our world doesn't seem to be built for that right now. But when you do it, that's going to skyrocket your effectiveness. And it'll actually make you more efficient at getting things done just to set aside the other things and work on one, t- one thing at a time. The focus that you can give to your work will actually, in the aggregate, allow you to get more done with your time. When you quit trying to do everything at once, you actually start getting to do, getting real things done one at a time, one by one. Focus is something that has been extremely useful for me in my work. And I would think uh, you've had the same experience, Kim. Is is that right? Uh, No doubt. And I'm wondering right now, though, how much did I throw you off your focus today? (laughs) 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 When I emailed you. So Ralph and I were talking about that we were going to talk about focus today. And so I started thinking about something else that we needed to do. And I emailed you, Ralph, and I said, Hey, what do you think about this? (laughs) (laughs) And so he sent me this great email back that said, wow, (laughs) I've totally lost my focus with your spontaneous (laughs) interjection here. (laughs) Well, yeah, I I had been doing good this morning. And then I knew this would be a problem. But I decided, okay, okay, I've gotten it done now. I'm going to check my email. And sure enough, there it all went. It was all gone. (laughs) Sure enough, there I was in your inbox. Oh my gosh. Well, that is just a daily issue that we're all dealing with. And you're exactly right. You had turned off everything. Then it was that moment, I better check my email. And we all do it. And it's amazing how I don't care what you're doing, there's going to be something there. And 
it's going to pull your focus. So there's no way that we can avoid it. So I know, Ralph, you know, today, what we wanted to talk about to really help people with is, okay, we can't get rid of this. So what are some great tips and tools? What do you and I use to stay in focus to actually get the work done? And you're right that our attention, our, our all our communication tools, all our technology has fragmented our attention. We're great at communicating things. We can communicate all sorts of data instantly all over the world. Mm -hmm. But we have to ask ourselves, what are we communicating? What is the value and quality and usefulness of what we're communicating? Along with that, who are we communicating to and for what purpose? Because a lot of the communications, I'll just give an example. I was just added onto a neighborhood text thread and I don't normally use texting as one of my main communication tools. I like to reserve texting for things like, you know, have you arrived yet? I'll be there right. in 10 minutes. Yeah. That's what I like to use it for, not for conversations. Mm -hmm. And now because we're in this coronavirus, you know, sheltering in place, people are using it more. So I've opened it up a little bit more. But with this neighborhood thread that I just got added to, I looked at my text earlier and I've got that silenced, but there were 28 texts and they yeah. were all in relation to, I've got leftover Halloween candy. Does anybody <laughs> need this for their kids? And I'm thinking, oh boy, <laughs> what am I going to do with this? Those group text messages are the worst. Yeah, they are. Because, you know, you like to get the first one. You like to be in the know of what's going on. And then everybody has to comment on it. Mm -hmm. And then everybody has to comment on the comments. Right. Is that stuff really useful? Useful. I don't think so. <laughs> exactly. When I was saying, you know, thinking about who you're communicating to, it's good to have that neighborhood thread. For instance, we've got some elderly people on the street who live alone. We need to make sure that they're being taken care of. So it's great for that. But Maybe something separate is needed for young mothers to talk about their children because there are entrepreneurs working on our street like myself who are working during the day and that's not the communication that we need. So really just being more mindful about who we are communicating to instead of just, I'm just going to say, throwing up all over everybody every time we have a thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that that's a really good point, is choosing and being intentional about your communication with other people. Because it's so easy to send a message to somebody, we think nothing of doing it. It doesn't cost any money. Mm -hmm. We used to have a thing called long distance telephone calls, right. where you would have to pay money to talk to someone. And when we had that, we would think in advance about what right. we were going to talk about because right. it cost us money. Mm -hmm. And we wanted we would make sure that we discuss these certain topics. But now you can just pick up the phone and call somebody for free, no matter where they are in the world. And that takes away that pre-planning, that intentionalness, that purpose to what you're doing. And it just kind of makes it, it trivializes it. Right. That's a problem because when you can call anybody at any time and talk about anything, you know what you end up doing is you, you don't really talk about much at all. Right. You're just doing nothing. There's nothing to savor. And we are what we do. We are what we practice. We are what we do the most. If what we do the most is constantly get pushed around by distractions, then that chips away 
little by little, but in a very significant way, it chips away at our ability to concentrate on things. Well, I think one of the things that you're saying is is about practicing it. And you're talking about chipping away at it. If that's what you're doing, you're practicing getting better and better at being distracted and not really realizing how much of your productivity and effectiveness you're losing little by little. And what happens is even when you do go into a period of intense focus, because you've been distracting yourself for so long, so many times, so often that you lose that ability to focus. Mm -hmm. It affects you even when you're not being distracted. It affects you when you're intentionally trying to focus because you're, you're losing that skill. And The scary part is being able to focus deeply is something that is very much in demand in the world today, and there's very little of it available. Right. Well, you know, I I don't know how many years ago it was now when the concept of the disorder of ADD and ADHD was introduced into the world, that diagnosis. One of the things that I could see with that was that so many people could be, and especially people who are creative thinkers, you could diagnose all creative thinkers with ADD and ADHD, you know? Yeah. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of misdiagnosis, but then also a lot of people who were being missed or passed over because they really did have some brain function issues of not being able to make transitions. It's about making a smooth transition from a micro focus to a macro focus and Mm -hmm. not being able to make that transition smoothly. I know that because that is something that I have to deal with. Those transition periods can be tough. I can micro focus and get stuff done. I'm telling you, nothing's going to distract me. But then I may need to pull back to do a macro. And it may take me a longer adjustment period sometimes than I want it to. It completely depends on what kind of task I'm doing. So when you talk about practicing, it's about knowing yourself and knowing what areas do I have strengths and where are my weaknesses or where are some of the places where I'm more challenged and set yourself up to deal with that from the get go. For instance, let's say in this conversation, in a podcast, or even more so when I was in broadcast radio, when I was having to speak to the audience while getting news off the wire while preparing the next song. And sometimes that was getting a few songs ready ahead of time, several CDs, and at that time, vinyl as well, and get commercials ready. So you're, you're super, super multitasking. That's one of my skills. That's one of my strong suits. And it's needed in that environment. But outside that environment, (laughs) that's too much (laughs) stimulus at one time, right? And then it's just a total overload. (laughs) Something that really opened my eyes to the whole subject of of deeply focusing and and, uh, to the value of that was a book that I read a couple of years ago by Cal Newport. And the name of the book is called Deep Work, uh, subtitle Rules for Focused Success in a Distracted World. Mm, Sounds good. And he makes a lot of excellent points in there. And one of the things he talks about is this thing that's known as attention residue. 
And that's the whole area of switching from one thing to another. Mm. And when you're doing one thing and then you switch to something completely different, all of your attention does not immediately follow you there. Mm-hmm. There's still a certain percentage of your attention that is on that previous task. And what scientists have found is the really interesting thing If the first task you were doing, if you weren't really paying that much attention to it in the first place, and if there was no distinct resolution to it. So if, for example, you're grabbing news and you know that as soon as you grab it, there's going to be more. So there's no end to it, right? (laughs) Right. In that situation, it takes you longer. If you weren't paying attention before, it takes you longer to pay attention to the next thing. Mm-hmm. And we have the same exact situation. Say that you're working on something and you glance at your Facebook feed, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you're not really paying that much attention to your Facebook feed, but you take your attention off what you're doing. You look over, look at a few things. Oh, okay, here's what's going on. And then you go back. Well, that Facebook feed never ends, there's no resolution to it. So a certain percentage of your attention wants to stay there, wants to know how it ends. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The problem is it never ends. Mm -hmm. And so that is one of the uh, really insidious things about a streaming feed like Facebook. Your attention doesn't want to let go of it, even though you you say, "Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to forget about that for now and go back to what I was doing. You can't do that quite as quickly and easily as, as you think you can. Well, you can see how mentally dangerous that can be. Yes, absolutely. I mean, on on so many levels. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, way, you know, way more than we can even go into in this podcast. But I think that introducing this here can lead us to talk more deeply about certain aspects of it in different episodes. And I think it's important because this is our world today. And it is ongoing and it's it gets worse over time instead of better. So it means we have to get better at knowing how to manage it. Yeah. And it's just a matter of knowing that it's something that is good to do and then taking the steps to do that. So mm-hmm. what are some of the steps? What can we do to get more focused and to get more focused work out of ourselves? Mm, yeah. Well, it's impossible to avoid the distractions. And so thinking about avoiding the distraction probably puts us in a position of focusing on the distraction, right? Right. That's true. That's, yeah. So we got to look at how, all right, what are the ways that we can win over distraction? And I'm thinking you take small wins. And, and let that, let those be big wins. Let the small wins be big wins. And I know that you had some particular things that you were thinking about as ways to, to do that. Well, that's a good point. Whatever you're doing, that's always a good strategy is to start small. And that's going to motivate you to do it a little bit better and get a little bit better at avoiding distractions or at successfully staying focused in the middle of potential distractions. Mm-hmm. There are studies that have been done about our desires, and we can never really get away from our desires. And the fact is, we desire to know what our cousins are doing on Facebook. (laughs) We desire to know what's happening in the world. And those are very real influences on us. So in order to counter that, one thing that's really necessary is to set up certain specific routines and rituals. Mm -hmm. that are designed to keep you focused. 
And of course, the most obvious example of that would be to set aside a certain time on a regular basis, every day, every week, whatever time period is appropriate for you. But set aside a certain time that you devote to doing one specific focused activity, something that's important. In my case, obviously, it's writing. Mm -hmm. And that has been enormously helpful to me. I set aside one full working day every week to do writing. And everybody knows it, and they know not to bother me. That's what I do. And I go into my office, and I focus on writing. And instead of having to deal with that attention residue of switching from one thing to another and it taking me 30 minutes to get back in the frame of mind for writing, I can write one message and then I can write another and then I can write another. So I can get about six times as much work done in a specific amount of time by setting aside that one day a week to do that. And don't you find that by doing that, that you pick up steam because your focus is there. And as you focus on that, everything else fades away. And because you don't have the other distractions, you get stronger and stronger at that task that you're doing. And that's how you become an expert. Right, exactly. And when you said that, what I was thinking was it, it's almost a euphoric feeling. It is. It really is. Some people call it like getting into the zone. Oh, yeah. And yes, it is a very enjoyable experience in mm-hmm. many ways. Now, it is hard work as well. Yes. But we like hard work. We do. We really do. Yeah, for me too. <laughs> I feel the same way. You get into that zone and you feel there's a power in feeling like I really am a person who can bring good things into the world. I really am a person of purpose. And you start feeling that strength that's flowing through you. And I think it, it helps you feel like you are doing what you were made to do. And that is a truly powerful feeling. Yeah, it is. And there are other ways to divide your time. Some people go off and live in the woods in a cabin. Right, you know, right. Bill Gates, the uh, the founder of Microsoft, does that. Mm-hmm. To this day, every year for two weeks, he takes a big stack of books and goes off in the woods in a little cabin or somewhere like that and disconnects from email and telephone and all that and just reads and thinks. I hear a lot of people say, well, and especially with this example, well, yeah, he has the luxury of being able to do that. He's Bill Gates, but I don't have that luxury because I have to work to do X, Y, Z. But here's the thing. Everyone, everyone has the ability to do this. It is simply a choice. And the more you do it, the more successful you'll be at anything it is that you do. And the world will be okay while you're off the grid, whether you're off the grid for an hour or two weeks or a month, the world is going to be okay while you're doing what it is that you need to do. So getting away from distraction, setting aside a time and and or a space to focus and giving yourself plenty of time to do it is another thing, making Mm -hmm. sure that's enough time that you don't feel pressured while you're doing it. Because if you've got something scheduled afterwards, you're going to be thinking about that, right? Absolutely. You're not going to focus on what you're doing. You're thinking, well, at five o'clock, I got to go do this and go to this meeting. 
that's not going to work very well. You need to have it a little more open-ended than that and be able to give all your focus to what you're doing. All your focus. Aside from that, another way to get yourself focused is to have a reason to do so, is to have a very compelling, clearly defined purpose for what you're doing. Yes. When what you're doing is wildly important to you, then you're going to do it. You're going to be motivated to do it, and you're going to enjoy doing it, and you're going to put all of yourself into it, and that's what focus is, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Prioritizing. There's a strategy that I use. I was talking with my sister about this the other night because she and I produce a lot of things together, too, and we both use this strategy. We call it bookending. So I take out a a sheet of paper, and I just draw a line with kind of goalposts on, on each end of that line, and then another vertical line right in the middle. And a lot of times I start with the end. What is it that I am desiring to achieve? What do I want to achieve? What is the outcome that I'm seeking? And I put that at the end. And then I look at, okay, well, what do I need to do to get there? And then that can help me figure out my starting point. And sometimes I may even go to that middle point to say, what what needs to happen to get me there? Because the start to the end may be too much for me to figure out. So I have to go to the middle. And then What's it going to take for me to get to that middle? That helps me get my starting point. And then I can fill in the blanks that are in between those spaces. But it's a great way to focus and actually achieve what it is that I'm wanting to achieve. What I've found to be even more powerful than that is to do the same thing, but do it backwards. And you're saying about defining an end point and then a middle point and a beginning point. What if you define the endpoint and then you define the step right before the end? Mm-hmm. You know, what do I? What's the last step I'm going to take before I succeed? And then what's the step before that? Before that? Before that? And then you keep working backwards until you get to something you can do right now. And then by the time you've done that, then you believe and you know that you can get there because yes. you've already been through it. You've been through it backwards. Uh, It's doable. It's completely doable. Yeah, yeah. So that's a great suggestion. That forces you to work on what's really meaningful to you because you're not going to go through that exercise to get to that goal if that's not a goal that means something to you. That's right. And this exercise will help you know that. (laughs) It's like, am I going to have to do all of that to get there? Well, I'm going to rethink that then. Yeah. So I think purpose, well, it's important in a lot of areas of life, but in stimulating really long-term focus, I think it's, uh, it's invaluable, is to have a very clear sense of purpose about what you're doing. And mm-hmm. I've certainly experienced this. It's difficult if somebody hands you a task to do and says, you know, give me this report by Monday afternoon. You're not really invested in it. It's something somebody else wanted you to do. And it's just naturally going to be harder for you to focus on that. Whereas when it's something you lay in bed at night and you have this great idea and you get up in the morning and start working on it, that's a lot easier to focus on, right? Definitely. But the fact is, there are things that are going to be handed to us that we're going to have to do that we don't really have that much invested in. So, So the thing to do there is to connect it to something that we care about. Mm-hmm. So if it's, it's, for example, it has to do with your job, 
something that, that you don't really want to do that, that you've got to do and you've got to focus on, you need to connect that to something that's really meaningful to you, something other than the fact that somebody's told you to do it. And with a job, well, the reason you're doing the job is to make money to support your family. So you connect that task to the support for your family and for all the good things that you want for your family and the, all the good things that you want to do with the money that you're earning at, at your job. So you have to you have to give yourself a good reason why. Mm-hmm. And that's that's one one way to do it. I'm a night person. And so getting up in the morning is not my favorite time. And so the way that I do that in the morning, every morning, is when that alarm goes off, my brain immediately goes, I don't want to get up. I'm enjoying sleeping so much. <laughs> and so I put myself through this little thing where I go, yes, but today I'm going to record a podcast. And I love recording the podcast. I'm like, so I have to get up because that way I can record the podcast. And so yeah. I I put the focus on something else and boom, I'm up and I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So it's exactly like you say, putting the focus, if it's something that is difficult, put the focus on the next thing that is a part of your desire and then let that be your catalyst. An interesting exercise that I do with some of my coaching clients is using a water ski obstacle course. And if you've never seen one of these, you can think about it the same way as, uh, you know, car races or obstacle courses where you've got cones that you have to go around. This is the same thing only on water. Mm-hmm. We have buoys that we ski around and it is an obstacle course and it's fun for us to have those obstacles. And I'll tell you the way that I use it with coaching clients. I discovered that for myself, that is such a meditative practice. And one of the things that happens is if I am looking at that buoy, I am going to ski straight into it and it's going to trip me and I could get really hurt. So it is an extreme sport, but it's something I've been doing my whole life. But I use it for that purpose a lot of times to train myself and to help others see that looking at the obstacle means you're going to go straight to it. So talking about avoiding distractions, it's not really very viable, but you can train yourself to see that there are distractions like what we've been talking about. There's so many. And if you train yourself to see where those distractions are going to be ahead of time, then instead of avoiding them, which means walking straight into them, you actually see them in your peripheral vision, if you will. They're off to the side and you're just going to flow around them. And that can be very empowering. So, and you know, just to let you know, if anybody says, wow, I want to do that, because I tell people that and they say, wow, I want to do that. That sounds fun. You don't have to have any skiing experience to come with me on one of those adventures. I take people out who've never been on skis before, and I do not make them ski the obstacle course. We just use the course as a metaphor. They can see it, and they can come up and just ski straight, and and it's fine. (laughs) But it still works. They get the concept. It's really fun and and very empowering. It's like you know the obstacles are there, Mm -hmm. but you're not looking at them, and you're not putting your attention on them, but you're focusing on 
where you want to go. Absolutely. You focus on where you want to go. And so that obstacle... Not where you want to not go. Exactly. (laughs) So purpose and dealing with distractions are two very good ways to stimulate focus. Ironically, another thing that will stimulate your focus is to not focus, to take Mm -hmm. a break from it. Mm-hmm. and a complete and total break. You can get so much done when you're when you're focused that you don't really need to do it for that long. Right. I think just those small moments if you really focus, now there's the thing that we were talking about where you block out a whole day. So there's a mm-hmm. purpose for doing that. But then there are also other tasks where maybe it doesn't work to block out the whole day, or maybe you can't sustain a certain task for that long. And so you can chunk it out. So you do a small focused time period several times, and that gets you to your end goal and take large breaks in between. It's okay. Well, yeah, the point is you can't stay focused all the time forever. Right. You've got to have balance to it. One thing you have to be careful of is when you get away from that focus, not to go back to the distractions. Mm-hmm. Because like we said, it's training your mind to be to being distracted. Those distractions, especially today with Netflix and, and YouTube and Twitter and all that stuff, they are so powerful. So compelling. Yes. And hard to ignore. And that will fatigue you. So it's using your energy. Well, and and you're turning yourself into a distraction junkie. Yeah. You're getting addicted to it. And even even when you're able to move yourself away from it, that addiction is still there. And you're undermining your ability to be able to focus even when you say, okay, for the next four hours, I'm going to focus. Mm-hmm. You're not nearly as able to do that if you spend all the rest of your time being distracted. Right. So one thing that, that doesn't get much respect these days, but I think is a very powerful state to be in, and that is to be bored. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can be very nice these days, especially. <laughs> Boredom is extremely underrated because <laughs> even, I mean, even 30 years ago, we, we had boom boxes, right? There mm-hmm. was always something to be entertained with. <laughs> and constantly being entertained is just, it's, it's a habit. It's an addiction. And you don't really need it. And it boredom. It can become very shallow. Oh, yes, absolutely. It can be. So the fact is... We don't have to be entertained all the time. And and boredom, getting away from something else entertaining you and consuming your attention can lead you to all sorts of great thoughts and can lead you to noticing things in life that you've never noticed before and thinking about things you've never thought before, putting things together, synthesizing information, letting all that stuff you know congeal and form into something even more valuable into wisdom, in fact. Mm -hmm. So ironically, it's very important to enable yourself to have focus. It's very important to a lot of times not focus on anything in particular. Just let your mind wander. Yeah, that's a good thing. A good practice that I think that we could all put into motion every day to say it's okay today to let my mind wander at certain spots that I plan today. So Focus on something important and then let it go for a while and Mm -hmm. enjoy the rewards of all that focused work and activity. Mm, Sounds good. 
And hey, please do us a favor. If you're enjoying the podcast, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave us a review on iTunes. That way, iTunes will expose the show to more people, and it'll give us the chance to help them connect on a deeper level, too. Thanks for spreading the word. When you need a break, a word of encouragement, a spark of creative juice and inspiration for mastering the challenges of life, work, and relationships, you'll find it in the Experience Excellence audio series from Connections University. You can download it right now through the link at deeperconnectionspodcast.com. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to the show at deeperconnectionspodcast.com so you'll automatically get the latest episode as soon as it's available. You'll find options for iTunes and other platforms. You'll also find links to the music in this podcast, written and performed by Local Honey. I'm Ralph Marston. And I'm Kimberly Kane. Thanks for taking the journey with us. Be courageous in all of your connections. Go deeper. Your life will be richer for it. This is Deeper Connections. Learn more. Be more. At DeeperConnectionsPodcast.com.